We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon. You feel me? All right, welcome to post-game edition of the Butting Heads podcast from Ramstock Radio, a part of the Blue Wire podcast network and sponsored by TickPick. TickPick is the best place to buy tickets for any game, such as, uh, you know, if you use TickPick to go to today's game, you're probably very happy about that decision. Uh, TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Check it out for all your ticket needs. And uh, with me, I'm Steve Barrow here with Johnny Gomez, as always, uh, post-game crew for today's game, a 34-24 to win against the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions, back-to-back wins for the Rams against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Uh, it's hard not to feel anything but just delightful after this game, Johnny. I mean, seeing them pan a picture on... Tom Brady holding his head down in the game. That that was just beautiful. I I we don't see that enough and just seeing him look absolutely defeated. At least this time he was gracious enough to go and shake Matthew Stafford's hand. <laughs> Wouldn't do it for Jared Goff. So, yeah. Uh Although if you look, uh you know what, I'll, I'll, before I mention that, I'll, I'll wait till we get into the the nitty-gritty of the game, but Oh my God, that it was just priceless seeing that. He just absolutely hated every second of that game, and I loved every second of that game. <laughs> it was like it's kind of a a bizarre like you know X's and O's wise game to break down because I mean Brady threw for what four hundred thirty yards. Uh, I felt like for the most part, they were able to move the ball in the passing game like pretty seamlessly, and yet the game was wrapped up like midway through the third quarter, it felt like, for the Rams. Uh, even though, you know, the, the 
the Bucks' offense was just kind of kind of pushing and, and playing fine after they they found the rhythm. Rhythm maybe it was a little too late, but like the game, the whole fourth quarter, the game felt pretty much well in hand. Yeah, the entire second half, especially when uh, Stafford threw that bomb to Deshaun Jackson. At, at that point, you just knew the game was over. Um, you know, I mean, you can never count out the Bucks. I suppose. You know, they are the champs for a reason. But at the same time, it's like, do, do you really do you really feel like the Bucks had a chance in the second half? And for me, no. I, I There was at no point, really no point in the game, in, except for maybe the first quarter, that I thought that the Bucks had a real shot this game. The Rams just dominated the game for pretty much the entire game. So... Hats off to to the Rams for having such a decisive victory. Even this last touchdown for the Bucks, it was in it, it was in garbage time. Uh, I have many questions there, but uh, yeah, the Rams won this. Like uh, it, the the score even suggests, you know, that it was a much closer game than it was, and it, it wasn't a ten point game. It was much more than that. Yeah, yeah. The I mean. The Bucks went on a 88-yard, 14-play drive on their last drive of the game when the Rams had a had a three-score lead, and, and I mean, like you you could break down that drive if you really wanna, but it clearly, and we saw this against the Bears, I think too. The Rams' defense at that point in the game is designed to let the offense dink and dunk their way down the field. You know, it's designed so that they're not gonna give up any big plays and if the offense wants to score a touchdown they're gonna have to take a nice long drive to do so and even though I mean for to go 14 plays in three minutes and 40 seconds is pretty fucking outrageous um I in my review of this game I will not really factor that drive into any of my comments uh because uh as soon as they went uh they they lost that fourth and two at the game, the game to me felt over. Uh, with about seven minutes left in the the fourth quarter, I I have to question though uh, Bruce Arians' decision to keep the starters in the game when clearly the Rams won the game. It, it, I just you know I, I get it. You never want to quit or anything like that, and you want to keep that mentality, which is great and admirable. But like, you're risking your starters you know, health for a game that's clearly not going to go in your favor. So why, why even attempt? I mean, hopefully Giovanni Bernard is okay in that touchdown pass, but it was like, it, was it worth it? Like, did you get anything out of that? Cause the only thing that, that anybody got out of that is like fantasy owners. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like in most situations I, I'd, I disagree with you here because you know it's 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 a extremely extremely unlikely deficit that they would come back in. But I mean, you know, we saw the Lions a couple weeks ago almost come back from a a pretty wild deficit in similar situations. But we're talking about Tampa Bay with the defending champions with a forty four year old starting quarterback and an offense that 
was already banged up coming into this game and in this game. I mean, Gronk Gronk took a hit and he missed the time. So yeah, I I kind I kind of agree with you in this situation. Even though most games, I feel like I wouldn't. Yeah, I I get it because you you do want to go in with the kind of like a winner's mentality, suggesting that there is still a shot. But at no point there was no shot. There really wasn't. Even when they scored that touchdown, it was like (laughs) there's no shot. They if they land that um, if they land that uh, onside kick, there's not enough time. Like you'd have to really hope that the Rams' defense just folds at that point. And clearly the Rams' defense just allowed them to drive the ball down the field because it wasted time. Yep. So, so yeah, it, it's just it, it was just kind of puzzling to me. And uh, since you brought up the injuries, though, I, I have to say this because one of the things I was noticing on Twitter, uh, especially from Bucks fans saying – if Antonio Brown had played, that it would be. I'm like, that's that's like such a faulty logic, because I'm like, well, what if Daryl Henderson had played? What if Cam Akers had played? It's a, it's such faulty logic. Yeah. They lost. Get over it. You know, if Cooper Cup played in the Super Bowl three years ago, we would have won. Like, it's a fucking pointless conversation to have, and. I don't think they win this game if Antonio Brown plays either. Uh, he certainly had something, but uh, what, what's fit? Tyler Johnson was was crushing it. You know, he 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 played really solid on the couple targets he got. Yeah, he was. He he uh, he was cooking the defense for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's. Um, why don't we dive into this box score? Thirty-four, twenty-four win for the Rams. Never trailed in this game. Took the lead early in the second quarter. Never looked back. Time of possession was about even. Rams won that battle by like 20 seconds. So not much to break down there. But uh, total yards, 446 for the Bucks, 407 for the Rams. Uh, passing, the Bucks threw for a net 411 yards. Rams had a net 331 yards. Uh, although Rams did it on... 17 less attempts, if my math on the fly is right. Rush uh, three sacks for the Rams, just one for the for the Bucks. Rushing, as expected, not a large component of the game for either team in this one. Rams ran for 76 yards. Bucks ran for 35 yards. Tom Brady was their leading rusher, so that's insane. Uh, penalties: the Rams only one penalty in this game. Bucks seven penalties for 41 yards. Uh, I did not realize how penalized they were this year, and I would imagine uh, they might even take over as the most penalized team in the league after this this week. And nothing that they got called for was like outrageous. Um, I felt like the hold against the the defender guarding Cooper Cup on that one play was a little. I didn't see like a huge hold there, but it wasn't like the most outrageous call I've ever seen. It's pretty crazy for a team with this many vets, how, how sloppy they are in that aspect. Yeah, no kidding. Right? That's not something you really expect from uh, from a composed or what appears to be a composed team. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, penalties uh, doesn't really mean a whole lot to uh, the team 
but to be fair, they have a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't imagine this team isn't going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, <laughs> neither of these I mean, teams. The Rams beat them last year early too, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, yep. Yeah, this means literally nothing. Yeah, I, this is their first loss since the week after we played them. Uh, they lost to Kansas City. They won on their bye. One, like, I feel like it was like eight or nine consecutive games up until this. Uh, looking at the individual stats in this game, Tom Brady went 41 of 55 for 432 yards, uh, about eight yards of completion, one touchdown, no interceptions, sacked three times, had a fumble, but the Bucks did recover it. How about our guy, though, Johnny? Matthew Stafford, 27 of 38, 343 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers, just sacked one time, rating of 134. I believe, I mean, he started the game out, what, like one for six? So after that point, he was 26 of 32. I Just a... It started a little little hastily for him, but as soon as that third drive hit, I think it was, the guy was lights out in this game. Missed maybe one or two throws. Uh, couldn't connect with Deshaun Jackson on a couple of money plays early, but certainly made up for that later in the game. Just, man, like, absolutely no buyer's remorse in this dude. Every, they, they've talked about how thrilled everyone with, is with this guy in the room, and, I mean, it clearly shows uh, he certainly will be in the conversation for MVP. Seems like a shoe in it if all all continues and no injuries happen. Knock on wood. Drop my mic in my face. Uh, I hope that wasn't too loud. Uh, all things to say, I mean, he's certainly on track to be in the conversation for an MVP this year. And you know what, man? I want to go see him play. I want to go see Matthew Stafford play. <laughs> I, we got to get to some of these games, man. This team is on fire. I want to be at these games, but... Buying tickets is hard, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all the all over the internet to find your Rams tickets anymore. Because TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, all one word, is the original no-fee ticket website and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Because we all hate fees, right? Every website's got these hidden fees, hidden fees. But TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other websites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, because, hey, I didn't believe when I first read this, if you could find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So they're going to give you even more money if you, <laughs> you can find a better deal here. I mean, it, it's crazy. They, they are so confident in their service that... They're going to give you a 110% of the difference in a purchase price if you can find a better deal. You guys know I'm over here on the East Coast. I'm a displaced Rams fan. Luckily, the Rams are flying across the country in a few weeks to take on the New York football Giants, and I'm planning on getting tickets to that game. And, of course, I'll be using TickPick. So I'm going to be getting the same deal that I'm giving you guys right now. You head over to TickPick.com slash RTR and use our promo code. Again, RTR, same promo code, RTR, just the three letters, all caps. You're going to save $10 on your first pair of Rams tickets using TickPick.com. Every penny counts, guys. We all know the Rams, they're never losing again. So you're going to want to attend every football game you can go to, and you're going to want to avoid all those hidden fees and get the best price you can using TickPick. Again, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Let me know how you feel about Stafford, man. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, even the one for six that he went on early on, 
while there was a few passes he he could have thrown better, there there was a couple drop passes there. One rare one from Cooper Cup uh, doesn't happen too often, but I guess he made up for it anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, clearly. But uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford. I, I mean, it, it wasn't. It, it was clearly a team victory on this one, but Matthew Stafford did lead the charge quite a bit. Um, even that one sack that they allowed, it was so late in the game, and uh, I, I believe Rob Havenstein allowed that one. Um, but you know, this is one of the better front sevens that you're ever going to come across, and they they really weren't a factor at all in this game, at least on, uh, you know, pressuring Matthew Stafford. That's impressive. That that's, you know, you're getting to elite status when you can, when you can calm this uh, defensive unit, you know, while it may not be the best in football, technically, it certainly is one of the better defenses you'll ever play against. Uh, even, even on the ground, you know, the Rams found uh, some mild success there without, you know, Daryl Henderson. So that's that's something that you got to be happy about. You know, hopefully, you know, Daryl Henderson will be ready to play uh, next week against the Cardinals uh, because, you know, the we, you'd like the ground game to be a little bit more of a factor, but certainly understandable against this defensive unit. Yeah, r- rushing-wise in this game, uh, for the Rams, 20 carries for 67 yards for Sonny Michelle. So, I mean... More carries than I think like it felt like he got in real time. Once you look at the numbers, twenty carries is not nothing. Average three point four yards carry. Uh, you know, it against like you said against this defense. This is one of the best run defenses in football. And as we talked about, you know, last week, clearly the the way to win this game was going to be through the air, and they realized that. But not not a bad game from Michelle. I mean, I I thought he was running pretty hard. He he looked solid. I agree. I would love to get Daryl Henderson back as soon as possible, but I I, th- I think they will mix Michelle in a little bit, even when he comes back. Not, I don't think a ton, but I don't really see Daryl Henderson getting another ninety five percent of the snaps game this year. Nah, it, it'll it'll all depend on if uh, Henderson's healthy or not. But uh, you know, that's that's exactly what you wanted in a in a guy like Sony Michelle. You know, somebody that can relieve uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, in between carries here and there. And then, uh, you know, in in this case, uh, Henderson wasn't able to go. So Michelle stepped up and he did what he had to do. Uh, And uh, and against a very tough defense. So, um, you know, hats off to Sonny Michelle for stepping up, being that guy that the Rams needed him to be. And even if that turns out to be the Rams's only time where they use Sonny Michelle this much, I still think that it was worth the investment. You know, that that's exactly what the Rams brought him here for. And for the record, I don't imagine this is going to be the only time the Rams use Sonny Michelle this often, uh, just because you never know with Daryl Henderson, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, fourth round pick, not nothing to give up for a backup running back, but you brought him in as Henderson insurance and, you already need to break out the insurance in week three, so certainly wasn't a bad move. And also that fourth-round pick is basically going to be a fifth-rounder because this team is boys to go far, 
into January, it feels like. Bucks on the ground, leading rusher Tom Brady, three rushes for 14 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> Ronald Jones added five carries for 11 yards. Leonard Fournette, four carries for eight yards. Chris Godwin, one carry for two yards and a touchdown. This is a team that doesn't run the ball. We didn't expect them to run the ball much in this game, and uh, they were running as much as advertised. Uh, as a Ronald Jones fantasy owner, uh, I am crying on the inside. Looking at looking at uh, the receivers in this game for the Rams, six players had catches. Story of the day, I would say, you know, it's, it's – I mean, you can start with Cooper Cup, nine catches for 96 yards, two touchdowns, 12 targets. Uh, clearly, he is going to get the ball a lot this season. Uh, he is absolutely on fire. He looks fantastic. I think well on his way to making his first Pro Bowl. Beyond that, well on his way to making an all-pro team, I would say, if he keeps up this pace. Uh, So far, he's been the most impressive receiver in the NFL, I think. I don't really think that's a controversial thing to say. I'm not sitting here and saying he is the most talented receiver in the NFL. But through three weeks, I think he's leading the league in receiving. uh, Unless somebody went haywire today that I missed and um, five touchdowns through three games. You know, I I don't know if I'd call it like a breakout season because he's always been really good, but um, my God, man, he is just unbelievable so far. Without a question. I I mean, I was curious to see, you know, when Matthew Stafford came to Los Angeles, if Cooper Cup would be that guy uh, still because Cooper Cup was Jared Goff's favorite target. And three weeks into the season, clearly Cooper Cup is still that guy just for Matthew Stafford. Uh, and, and it's good. It's great to see because clearly uh, Matthew Stafford likes spreading the ball out a little bit. But, you know, uh, Cooper Cup is going to be one that's going to be heavily targeted. And for good reason. He can get the job done. And, uh, you know, no, I, I don't think there's been anyone as consistent as Cooper Cup by any receiver in this league so far still only three weeks into the league uh or into the year rather but um you know if there's any if you go back to previous seasons if he continues to be the top target I think Cooper Cup is gonna have a Pro Bowl year and definitely will have a career high year for sure oh yeah I I I really think he's gonna you know He's going to be in the mix for an all-pro spot, and that is no easy feat, especially with how good receivers are in the NFL today. I mean, the position is insanely stacked, and it's awesome to see him really just, you know, he finally, the best quarterback he's ever played with, and running it up, man. It looks looks so good. Uh, Knock on wood, he stays healthy the whole year. He deserves it. He he deserves everything he's getting so far. Um, Some of the other guys in the Rams before we get to the uh, most fun guy, Van Jefferson, four catches for 42 yards in this game. Uh, solid day for Tyler Higby, five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, shockingly, a screen to Tyler Higby on third down worked. Uh, I got to give hats off to uh, the the mad scientist over there, Sean McVay. If that play didn't work, we probably would talk about it for like five minutes on this podcast, but it worked. So, and, and a couple like. Very short passes. His touchdown was basically a screen, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, it was bound to work one game. It yeah. was a bound to work. 
Yeah, those who uh, drafted Tyler Higby in fantasy and stuck with him, uh, we're happy today. On the flip side of that, Robert Woods, three catches for 33 yards on six targets. You know, it's weird with Woods because um, I hate to say him as somebody who definitely has him in a couple fantasy leagues. I think he's going to be not great from a fantasy perspective. He's clearly, this year, the number two receiver in this offense. Uh, it's an offense that spreads the ball around. Everyone's going to get the ball a little bit, as we saw with Deshaun Jackson today. But clearly, the offense is going to run through Cooper Cup. Uh, he's going to take a bit of a backseat a little bit. Don't let the numbers deceive you. Like He's playing well. Uh, I have no complaints with his performance, but I, don't expe- I, I would not sit here and expect really high reception or yardage totals for Woods this year. Uh, still really valuable player to have. Still very reliable. Um, made some solid plays in this game, but they, it is not a 1A and 1B this year. It is a 1 and 2 with him and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's like we say every year about Robert Woods is, uh, you know, usually he has more stats than uh, than so far this year, but it's really they don't need to pass it to him as often as they used to in the past because there's far more weapons and a quarterback that can actually fling the ball downfield. So uh, Robert Woods doesn't need to work as hard as he used to, but just because he may not be pulling in the receptions or the yards that he used to doesn't mean that he isn't performing well, uh, especially because if you look on a lot of the plays, uh, particularly run plays or the short screen plays, he's usually the one leading the way in blocks. You know, he, he is a a selfless player through and through, and, and uh, you know, you that's, that's the kind of receiver you're going to want on your team. So... Even if he's not pulling up these big uh, fantasy numbers, he's still helping the Rams win, and that's what matters. Yep, agreed. Yeah, he he, he doesn't need to put up huge numbers this year, and I, I he's I doesn't seem like somebody who would care at all uh, that he's he's not doing that. Um, Sony Michelle in this game. All right, I clicked off the box score like an idiot. Three catches for twelve yards, and then last but not least. Save this guy for last. I wanted to dive into it a little bit. Deshaun Jackson, by far his best game as a Ram after playing, what, three snaps last week. Comes in this game, three catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Had the monster 75-yard touchdown pass, which really felt like, uh, you know, the the peak moment of this game where it was like, okay, we're not losing. Uh, Stafford was so hyped on that play, rightfully so, because – Jackson could have had multiple touchdowns in this game, and Stafford Stafford missed him uh, once or twice. And it, one of them, uh, he got hit by Vita Vea. David Edwards got blown up a little on that play. It wasn't necessarily his fault, but Jackson easily could have scored on that one had he gotten a good ball. And then, you know, he, he hit him later, and it was great. It was beautiful. This is clearly what we brought Deshaun Jackson here to do. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think he played that much, right? I don't believe so, no. And that's that's how you want how you want it. You don't want him there every uh, every down. You know that's that's a good way to get him injured. So yep. you know keeping him keeping him fresh, keeping him healthy. I think that's the right approach. This is exactly how Sean McVay needs to use him, uh, and definitely not like last week against the the Colts. Yeah, didn't didn't really get used at all last week, and I. We, we don't have the snap counts available this soon after the game. We game wrapped up an hour ago. I would imagine Van Jefferson played at least six, like 
like probably double the, the snaps Deshaun played at least. I feel like he was out there a lot more. And uh, like you said, this is this is how he should be used. I think this is the best case scenario for a Jackson game. And I don't think this will be the only game like this this year. But you use him truly as your fourth wide receiver in terms of snaps. But when he's out there, you know, he might be the first or second read on a lot of the plays he's on the field. There's two things we know about Deshaun Jackson. He's very fast and he's very frail. And like you said, you cannot, you should not be playing him 100% of the snaps. And I, I mean, he barely played last week, so clearly they're not doing that. And, uh, but he, he's still dangerous, even this deep in his career as a deep threat. He hasn't lost, a, somehow he hasn't lost a step in terms of just flying down the field, man. He looks as good as ever in that regard. Um, but yeah, you just got to limit his play. And this was perfect. This was an absolutely perfect use of Deshaun Jackson. And this is exactly how he should be used in future games. You know, when he's out there, it's going to stretch the field. And if they choose to cover him with the coverage that they're going to need to cover him with Woods and cup will probably be open in the shorter field. So it's just great. I was really, really happy to see this game. Uh, if he gets injured for the next, for the rest of the season next week, again, I'm hoping this doesn't happen. But uh, I think the investment was worth it already. I mean, this is what we needed. We needed this once. Uh, at least you got one game out of it. <laughs> that That's for sure, man. I, I still can't get over how this guy still, like, burns, uh, you know, the secondaries out there, man. He <laughs> – it, it's like you'd never guess that this guy has been in the league for as long as he has playing out there like he's he's uh you know just a couple years into his uh career it, it's it's incredible seeing him out there and then of course it's even more incredible seeing a quarterback flinging him the ball like it's nothing um and, and like you said Steve there was there was a couple passes out there that could have easily uh been a been touchdowns had it just been thrown a little bit uh more accurate um but you know uh Unfortunately, sometimes defenses are going to get the better of you, like if they hit Stafford like they did. Um, but that just shows the potential that uh, this uh, lethal combination has here. And uh, if this continues, this is going to be a real exciting offense to watch. Um, and, and like I said, I said this uh, last week against the Colts, and I'm even saying it now, which is impressive. Uh I still don't think we've even scratched the surface of what this offense is uh, capable of. And still a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. We finally, like, this was uh, something we didn't see the first two weeks was them really even look for Deshaun that much deep. And uh, <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Uh, it's awesome to have this dude on our side after watching him just rip teams apart for, for years in the league. Um, before we get to the, the Bucks receivers and, talk about the defense a little bit um some final thoughts for me offensively I, I like we already praised Stafford as much as we need to but he made some really impressive throws under pressure in this game um that I, I was really happy with especially late in the game where I uh, just kept seemed like he was just slinging it after half a second uh whoever was out in the flat on the left side of him uh, and it was working out a lot of time and also I I feel like over the years we've talked a lot about the Rams either choosing to go for it or not choosing to go for it in fourth and one situations uh, in uh, in the opponent's territory. And I just want to applaud McVay for not going for it 
in that fourth and one uh, near the end of the game. It was about six, eight minutes left. They had that eight-minute drive down the field, sputtered out right at the eight-yard line. They chose to kick the field goal and make it a three-point game or a three-possession game. You got to kick there. It seemed like they thought about not kicking, but that that kick put the game out of reach. You know, if they didn't, if they chose to go for it and didn't get it, um, you know, I, I still think they would have won. But clear, the Bucks clearly would have had a a better chance of winning, and maybe would have been a little more motivated. Yeah, I, I think it was the right call not to go for it on fourth and one, despite really, really wanting to. I mean, that's just the fan in all of us that yeah. just. I mean, you're not thinking logically there. You're thinking like a fan. And, uh, you know, we we always want to see them go for it on fourth down because you have that much confidence. But at the, at the same token, you got to respect your opponent. And, uh, you know, th- these are the defending champs here. So, you know, and basically the same team as last year. So you, you want to for surely keep as much momentum in your favor as opposed to your opponent's team, because it's amazing what a little momentum will do to any team. So, uh, you know, getting a stop on fourth down, you know, that's that's going to definitely lead to uh, bigger things for the Bucks. I wouldn't say it would lead to a victory or anything like that, but I would say it would be a lot, it'd be a lot more stressful and a lot more concerning, uh, you know, especially the way... Uh, the Bucks offense was moving the ball downfield. So, you know, better, better to just kind of put it without reach, uh, you know, like uh, Steve said, and, uh, you know, save that fourth down for another game when you really need it. Yeah. yeah. And if you do, like, if you go for it there and don't get it, it's a huge momentum swing. And, you know, I still think they would have ended up winning the game, but there's, there's no need to risk it. If, if, and if they do get it, um, best case scenario is, they burn a little clock and then make it a three possession game anyways. You know, it's just to me not worth the risk in that, that moment. Was there any other thoughts you had on the offense before we swap over to the other side? Uh, I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry about that. I got cut off for a second. Say again, Steve. <laughs> Did you have any uh, final thoughts on the offense before we go to the defense? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I could barely hear you for a second, and then and then uh, I I cut into hearing you say, uh, I guess not. And I was like, oh shit, I missed something. <laughs> uh, no, no, I think we covered. I think we covered it all. I mean, there, there's not enough good things to say about this offense. But uh, this is a hell of a win uh, for the offensive side of the football. So defensive side, that that's uh, I mean they did solid. Yeah, that's a that's a different, a little bit different of a story. We'll 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 talk a little bit Uh, again. Not not trashing them or anything like that. They did solid. They did a great job. But room for improvement, I'll say. Yeah, let's let's take a quick break before we get to the defense. You guys looking for a new and exciting way to get in on action in this <laughs> thrilling NFL season so far? Then you got to come with us, come prop up, and join us on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is a new daily fantasy sports and esports app specifically focused on player prop bets. And I'm not talking about 
you know, the guys at the end of the roster, the food players. We are betting on the big players, Cooper Cups, Matthew Stafford, the guy that actually matter. You're going to be able to choose prop bets for top-tier athletes that the, that you think will have the biggest impact on the game, and each player's over-under will be assigned a fantasy value based on likelihood the props hit. Make your bets, rack up the most points, and win a share of Thrive's prize pools, which have awarded over $4 million to players in its history. We've got an exclusive promo for all our listeners. Use the promo code TALKRAMS and deposit $50 or more and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. So if you put in $50, you're going to get another $50. Put in $100, you're going to get another $100. Use our promo code TALKRAMS, T-A-L-K-R-A-M-S. <laughs> so download the, Th- the Thrive Fantasy app today uh, on the App Store, on the Play Store. Visit the website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up. Use the promo code TALKRAMS and get ready to win some money and get in on the action with Thrive. So, like, uh, I, I didn't read off the Bucks receiver, receiver stats in this game. Ten players on their team caught passes, which is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, Mike Evans, eight receptions for 106 on ten targets. Godwin, six for 74 on seven targets. Uh, Tyler Johnson, as we mentioned earlier, three catches for 63 yards on six targets. Gronk had four catches for 55 yards on seven targets. Giovanni Bernard had nine catches for 51 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Man, if you started that guy in a PPR league, congratulations. Like, Jesus Christ, that's a shitload of catches. Uh, Cam Brate, four for 35. Leonard Fournette, three for 26. O.J. Howard had a sighting, one for 11. Scotty Miller, two for 11. Uh, Jalen Darden, one catch for... Zero yards got got blown up on a on a screen pass. Um, yeah, I don't like I I no need to dive really into any of those specific players, but I guess like even before we get to like the the individual stats of the defense and highlight some of these guys, t- this felt like it was not. I would not classify this as a great performance by our defense by any means. I definitely also wouldn't classify it as a bad performance. Um, you know with five minutes left in the game even less than that what did they they scored the the last such on like two minutes left yeah. um yeah so with two like a three minutes left in the game you had a they they scored 17 points uh as we like as i'm sure all of us mentioned coming into this podcast loaded offense greatest quarterback of all time he got 44 but he's still slinging it fine you know I, he didn't really miss much in this game um, but I don't know, like it's a buck, so it's not a huge concern, but I feel like this past defense is, it's, they've been getting beat a little too much for my liking. Um, I feel like not the non Jalen Ramsey guy, like, I feel like Darius, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm off base here. It feels like Darius Williams has been getting picked on a lot all season. Uh, no, you're not wrong there. And it's not a huge surprise that teams are going to challenge Darius Williams considering the other alternative being uh, Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Uh, but you would hope that Darius Williams is going to lock down your, their receiver a little bit better. He's been playing extremely soft, which is not something typically you want to see too often unless you're basically in victory formation at that point so uh you know it's not so much the last the last drive that the bucks had uh 
um, that I would be concerned about. It's before that, uh, seeing like the Tyler Johnsons, you know, out there, you know, cooking different uh, corners and safeties. That's typically not what you want to see, you know. Uh, Chris Godwin had a few, uh, you know, blown covers there. And, and particularly with Dar- Darius Williams, that's that's concerning because he, you know, you, you obviously are going to try your best to keep Darius Williams uh, because you, now that Troy, Troy Hill has moved on, now you have to kind of evaluate is this the the guy that you hoped he would be? And uh, so far, he's still doing great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to suggest that he's a terrible corner, but um, not playing as effectively as he did last year. Last year, I feel like he was a little bit more hands-on, uh, played less soft than he did this year. And uh, it could be just because of the new defensive scheme is just uh, you know having him play a little softer. That could be... Raheem Morris's style, uh, certainly more so than, you know, Brandon Staley. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a bit of a concern, something to certainly watch as, uh, as the games go on here. Uh, it, it's hard to say whether or not it's going to be a huge factor because this is a probably one of the tougher offenses the Rams will go up against. But it won't be the only tough offense they go up against. You know, they play in the NFC West, for crying out loud. So uh, they're going to see some damn good receivers. And we haven't even played the NFC West yet. So uh, that's coming up next week. So something to keep in mind. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, Arizona next week, even beyond DeAndre Hopkins, uh, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore at, at the solid receiving core. Seattle, obviously, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's been a fucking monster this year uh, and has terrorized us in previous seasons. So um, a couple more big tests. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not, you know, you said Darius, Darius Williams has been, like, great. I, I don't definitely don't think he's been great, but he also hasn't been bad. Um, it's just it's something to keep an eye on. You know, this defense is clearly really good. They're clearly one of the best defenses in the league, but they're also not the 85 Bears. You know, like, there are going to be flaws in this defense. I, at some point, there's going to be a game where they get rocked. Uh, I, I feel like it's just bound to happen. It, it happens to everyone every year. Uh, but <laughs> it wasn't this week, so you can't be that upset here. No, nah, not not at all. Not against the Bucks' offense. No, yeah. I, the, I mean... The, the names you mentioned in the, in the box score, like, those guys are all studs. They have Tom Brady. Like, it's, it's not – not only is the sky not falling, uh, it is partly cloudy, I would say. Uh, it's a partly cloudy sky for this team. Looking at the box score, uh, Kenny Young led the way in tackles, 10 total tackles, 8 solo tackles, 1 sack, 3 tackles for loss, 1 QB hit. There was a couple plays where he got cooked a little bit, but – the positives far outweighed the negatives for Kenny Young. I mean, this is the best game I've ever seen him play. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, you know how hard of a time we've given Kenny Young over the years. But uh, monster game from him. I, I Arguably the best player on defense in this game. 
You know, uh, Kenny Young is uh, a very flawed uh, linebacker, primarily because he he does, or at least he has in the past, struggled against uh, coverage. And uh, that tends to happen to some inside linebackers, but there generally is another inside linebacker to pick up the slack for that. The Rams don't have that, and, and they haven't had that in God. I don't. I don't even know how long. Uh, so the the thing that you have to realize here is: is Kenny Young one of the better inside linebackers in the league? No, no, he's not. But has he improved from the inside linebacker that he was uh, even last year? And the answer is hell yeah, he has. You know, this is a much better Kenny Young than what we've seen in the past. Still not perfect. He still missed a couple of crucial tackles that he should have had. But um, again, that you, you have to keep your expectations at a reasonable level. You know, you're you're not you're not looking at one of the better inside linebackers. So to expect one of the better inside linebacker performances, you're not being reasonable. But if you're looking at a performance of what Kenny Young you would think is capable of, you would see that he has outperformed expectations. And certainly, as Steve said, uh, one of the better uh, players on defense today. You know, he, uh, he, he had a very impressive performance. And while he wasn't perfect, he certainly uh, exceeded my expectations by a wide margin. Yeah, man. I mean, he certainly looked like one of the better inside linebackers in the league today. I would never sit here and say he is, but uh, a, a monster game. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy who, like, put up multiple one-tackle performances last year. He's a, he was everywhere in this game. He's racking up tackles left and right. He had some, uh, he had a sack. He had, a, he had some huge pressures, uh, some huge plays in the backfield. Uh, it real like it's great. I have criticized the team for a long time for not addressing the inside linebacker position. Uh, and hey, it, it's working out right now. These, these guys through three games. Uh, Reader didn't do much today at one tackle, but uh, it's clearly good enough to get by. You know, there's still problems with the pass coverage. Yeah, but. I think they're smart enough to where uh, if they go up against like the Travis Kelseys and the Christian McCaffreys and the the guys who on paper will give this defense fit, they'll they'll scheme around it and figure it out. Other uh, other players of note on defense: Jalen Ramsey, another solid day, eight tackles, seven solo tackles. Um, I didn't think he really got attacked much uh, in the secondary. Played really well. Darius Swings at six tackles. Ashawn Robinson at six tackles. Uh, T. Rap, Jordan Fuller grabbing five tackles. Other players getting on the sack action here. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald each had a sack today. Aaron Donald's sack was delightful. Uh, got a nice forced fumble on Brady. Hit a pass deflected. Hit a QB hit. As is Leonard Floyd. Add to Sebastian Joseph Day. And, you know, a week after, Johnny, I think one of the things you mentioned last week when uh, you thought Leonard Floyd got hurt was that the lack of depth at outside linebacker was concerning, but a very promising day in that regard. Um, Justin Hollins played another great game. He's been really killing it. I think he's going to be, you know, 
low-key, one of the most important things happening on this defense is how good that guy is playing because he's solving a lot of problems that we thought we might have. And uh, I feel like there was a lot of Terrell Lewis today, and he had a solid day, most notably that big uh, big hit on Gronk, and he had a QB hit. Also, is it just me, or does he look like he's 45 years old in his helmet? <laughs> you know, I He I, looks I actually... so old. I mentioned that to my dad, actually. I was watching the game with my dad, and uh, that that's so true. Uh, but to kind of go back to what – to circle back what you said, I actually thought it was Justin Hollins that was hurt um, last week. Oh, and, right, uh, right. Sadly, uh, he, he did actually get hurt this week, uh, went out with the pectoral uh, injury, and hopefully he's okay. Uh, based on what Sean McVay said after the game, said that he wasn't sure on his status, so that's something we got to monitor. Uh, if any indication from this game with Daryl Lewis, though, uh, I'm 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 happy that he's you know stepping up. You know he's a young guy, still trying to you know learn the game a little bit, but uh, you know had solid game for the most part. Um, had a man a devastating hit on Gronk. Uh, Grunk's going to feel that in the morning. He had to come out. I, I think he just got the wind knocked out of him, but, man, he's going to feel that in the morning for sure, man. The whole stadium felt that hit. Yeah, it was a huge hit. And, and clean, too. Clean as a whistle. No, there was no there was no foulness in that, in that uh, hit. It was as clean as you could possibly get. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> not even make it fun of me. He, he, Terrell is the fine-looking dude. But, oh, my God, he looked so old for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, obviously. Yeah, you might want to take that back or else he might hit you like Gronk. I know. Yeah, geez. Hey, he played great. He's great. He's a good-looking man. All right? He just looked old. Uh, I would never say Greg Oden's ugly, even though he looked like he was 50 when he was 20. Oh, Greg Oden. <laughs> um, that yeah. poor guy. That poor, poor Greg Oden, man. He deserved better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I somehow I missed this Justin Hollins injury. Uh, I didn't watch this game live until the fourth quarter when I finally caught up, so it was kind of a, a speed run. But, um, yeah, I hope he recovers, but uh, I feel okay if Lewis has to step in. I'd obviously feel better if Hollins is there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, um, I'm trying to think of what other thoughts I had in the, the defense, man. It's really um, 
those were the standout players. I would say Young, Hollins. The secondary has me a little nervous. Um, it wasn't just Darius Williams that got beat in this game. I feel like Long got beat a couple times. The safeties got beat a little bit. Uh, Ramsey I got beat maybe like once, but um, like we we're saying too, and this was kind of the, the deal in the first week, a lot of it feels like scheme where they're just trying to avoid giving up big plays, and to, to their credit, uh, they for the most part have. Uh, there was a couple big big pass plays in this game, but one um, their their biggest pass play of the day was the 32-yard completion to Bernard, which was a, a screen pass. Uh, that was the one play where I feel like Kenny Young got beat, but he did more than enough to make up for it. Yeah, the only other big one was, or hit a couple big ones, but the only other 30-yard completion was the one to Tyler Johnson, which that one was a little concerning, but listen, man, it happens. Uh, the defense against Tampa Bay absolutely did enough to win this game. And in previous seasons, we've had games like this where the offense wouldn't do enough to win the game, but they did enough to win and then some. Uh, it even though we beat the Bucks last year and have kind of had their number over the past couple of years after not having it for like a decade, it still feels really good uh, to walk out of this game with a win, advance to 3-0, first place in the division, or tied for first with everybody. Oh, yeah, without a question. Uh, about the only other concern I have on defense was particularly Taylor Rapp. He, he got beat uh, a few times that – uh, you know, that's not something you want to see in, in a safety. Um, it, and it, it still kind of bothers me that we, we're still not seeing a lot of Terrell Burgess out there. Uh, you know, not not to give up on Taylor Rapp or anything like that, but, uh, you know, uh, if Taylor Rapp isn't going to cut it in coverage, you know, I, I don't understand why Burgess isn't out there with Fuller on certain packages. I'm not saying to start him over Taylor Rapp, but I, I would like to see Burgess out there and, and a lot more packages to, uh, you know, pick up some of the slack and coverage. But uh, there's a reason why Raheem Morris is a defensive coordinator in the NFL and I'm not. So <laughs> he, he, he obviously knows what he's doing. He, he got the three wins so far, you know, helped contributed to the three wins so far. So, uh, you know, I, I, I am a little bit concerned particularly at safety. Well, I, I think with Burgess, a lot of it is they, I mean, may, maybe I missed it in this game, but it seems like they're playing two linebackers the majority of the time. Yeah, and, I'll agree with that. Yeah, and so they're always going to have three corners on the field. We thought there was a chance Burgess would slip in at, at the nickel spot, um, but clearly they're going with uh rotating the corners and just having long Williams and Ramsey on the field almost every play. So there's not as much room for him. And I, I wouldn't hate seeing him spell rap a little more. I mean, we're talking about Taylor Rapp's the guy who got, who lost his job last year uh, in the preseason. So it's not like he's been a home run pick. He, there's been more positive than negatives with him, but uh, certainly reasonable to be concerned about his performance. They're confident enough in him to let John Johnson walk, and I mean, we'll see. They, they, he, he's been okay, but they certainly could use more out of him. Yeah, without a doubt. But yeah, I think it's like you said, though. You know, uh, he may not be perfect, but he does the job. You know, he's no John Johnson, and no one was expecting him to be. 
So that's something to keep in mind. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, other things about this game, Matt Gay continues to be the best kicker in the history of football, uh, although it's kind of silly to say that today, even if it's a joke, considering Justin Tucker made a 66-yard game-winning field goal, uh, <laughs> possibly cementing himself <laughs> as the best kicker of all time. Uh, oh, man. The longest kick ever. Uh, Cooper Cup, I'm pretty sure, returned one punt today, too. But uh, at least they had 2-2 out there most of the time. <laughs> yeah, they had 2-2 out there a couple times, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, glad we spent a second-round pick on a punt returner who we're not even confident enough to have as our permanent punt returner. You know, it's... Uh, well done, guys. <laughs> well done. Just saying, Creed Humphrey was right there. You know, it's this is clearly a grade A front office, but it, it is funny. Like they'll they'll make like every like fifth move they make is just like unexplainably bad. Uh, and, you know, in the early years, like it was they 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 handed out bad contract extension after bad contract extension. You know, there's the Aaron Donald draft where they took Donald and Greg Robinson in the same first round. Um, like there's so like so much positive things to say about the job Les Need has done in what, the eight or this is ninth year, ninth or tenth season as a GM, and I mean particularly the last five. Uh, but, like I will be shocked if that I, that pick ages well. Uh, I will be very surprised. Now, it wouldn't be the first time they threw away a second round pick and. In the nope. past, it hasn't mattered much. Uh, you know, it really hasn't mattered that much. We're still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got any uh, any final thoughts on this game? Uh, just uh, another kudos to to the Rams for getting this victory. Uh, this this victory shouldn't be overlooked at all. They beat the defending champs, who was arguably the best team in football. So. Um, Hopefully, moving forward, they'll continue this trend because it's still not going to get any easier. We got the the Cardinals next, and they're undefeated just like the Rams, even though they, you know, just beat the the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, man, but uh, I'm not going to knock them. Uh, Minnesota beat Seattle today, right? That's true. So, I mean, I don't think Minnesota's bad at all. Uh, I would say I'd be inclined to say they're good. Not great, but good. Uh, but, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do against Jacksonville, and they fucking blew out the Titans. So uh, this is going to be an interesting game this week. Uh, luckily, we're at home for it, but it's just, they are clearly good. Like, I I feel like it'd be insane to say they're not. Yeah, yeah you, you'd really be insane to say that the Cardinals aren't, aren't a good team. The, this is a very good team, and... Uh, could easily be uh, the best team in the NFC West, and uh, I guess they're gonna they're gonna um, try and prove that next week. But he's hoping that the Rams prove them otherwise. Yep. Yeah, depending on what happens in tonight's game with the Packers and the 49ers, we will either be playing for first next week, sole possession of first if Green Bay or if San Francisco loses, or 
three teams in the division will be three and zero after this week, and uh, at least Seattle is is losing games. I guess that's nice. <laughs> at least one of these fucking teams will drop some games. Yeah, it had to it had to happen at some point, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens with Seattle, man. They're clearly good, but like they've been so like solid for so long, like they're due. They're due for a bad year, and they're clearly not a bad team, but uh, they played San Fran next week, then the Rams, then the Steelers, then the Saints. Not that the Steelers and Saints are that great, but uh, there's a decent chance they start out 1-4 and four, uh, and then have to win games against the Steelers and Saints. Oof. That, that could get dicey. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I mean, luckily for them, they're, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, all right. Well, another Rams win. Very happy about it. We're 3-0. and Thanks for rocking with us for this postgame pod. Uh, Derek and Mike will be back later in the week. Uh, and we may be back this week or we'll talk to you guys next week tbd uh but i uh, keep checking out the pods and follow us on twitter at c rivero at johnny five not six at talk rams tell sean payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon you feel me Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.